morning. Morning. What a way to start the day, hey? Uh, thanks, Dan and team, uh, for leading us in worship this morning. We, um, school goes back tomorrow, so we have kids in the room with us this morning. Hey, guys who are usually in JREV. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. That's great. Love that. Uh, last weekend, there was a kids camp, a boost camp, and we have some leaders back and they're alive still and some kids. But from all reports, we heard it was a great camp in which young people got to hear the good news about Jesus, but they didn't just get to hear it, they got to experience what that was over the weekend. So. We're grateful for every leader who went to that camp and, and showed these young people Jesus. And we're glad that young people, the reports are that they had a great time, right? We got one, yeah, that's good. Um, I've got a question. Have you ever touched something that you weren't supposed to? Every trip, every, every trip... To uh, the supermarket over the last year and a bit with my kids has been an exercise in don't touch anything, right? The whole COVID situation, like one of the hardest things I think for our children has been don't touch anything, right? Yeah? Anyone else experience that? Where you're like, maybe in the past you might have picked up a few things and had a look at them, but the rule is don't touch them. Well, have you ever touched something that could, like, kill you? I've seen, I've seen Mark about, it feels like 10 metres in the, in the air, like on a ladder, touching a live uh, electric cable, which sounds awful, but was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. He's alive with us, which is good. Uh, I would have stopped laughing if it was serious. Uh, there's this video that went went viral a few years ago because of a reaction video. Do you know those on YouTube where people watch and their reaction? And this guy's reaction to this video was hilarious. But, Mark, do you want to just show us the video? This guy's job is to clean out the cobra pit. They're all like eggs of, and he just has to sweep, but he just, he just grabs cobras. Look at him. At one point, he, at one point, he just slaps one of them. He just, that is, oh wow. All right, we don't need to see any more of that. Look at that. He just, his thongs, work health and safety, I don't know. But there are some things that, you know, like, we shouldn't touch, right? Who knows that if there's a cobra in front of you, you shouldn't touch it, right? My advice is if there is a snake in front of you, just don't touch it, right? It's good advice. Does anyone hate snakes with a passion? Yeah, love snakes. Um, I, I've told this story so many times, but growing up, there was this one thing that I wasn't allowed to touch, 
and that was dry Milo, right? So, so I grew up uh, when I was probably in grade one, and my mum told me that a kid in the neighbourhood had died from eating dry Milo. She had obviously caught me in the pantry just with a spoon eating Milo straight out of the tin. And she told me that a kid, like two streets away, had died from inhaling dry Milo. This is, this is something I believed until I was, like, married. And I told Susie the story, and Susie was like, that is not true. That couldn't, you couldn't die from that, could you? Anyway, there are some things that we shouldn't touch. They're bad for us, right? They, they could potentially kill us. Which leads to the story this morning. We, over the last few weeks, we've looked at some Old Testament stories. This morning, I thought it would be good to look at a Jesus story together. Isn't that good? Uh, and then actually, next week, we're going to be starting a, a new series called Spring Clean. Bit of a spring clean. Has anybody started spring cleaning in their house? Yeah. We've, we've kind of had to do that around this building for the last few weeks, so it's on topic. But that's next week. This morning, we're looking at Jesus together. And the story this morning is found in, in two of the Gospels, in Mark and in Luke. We're going to look at, at Luke's uh, version this morning from Luke 5, starting at verse 12. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Let's pray together and then explore this. God, we, um, we thank you that you are always with us. But this morning already in worship, we're just, we're keenly aware that, Holy Spirit, your presence is here. We just ask, Holy Spirit, that you have your way this morning. We thank you, God, that you're a good God who wants the best for us. You're a God who transforms and restores and heals. We ask that that might happen here in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this story, familiar story, there's a couple of really important things so we can better understand uh, the whole story, right? Um, especially in how this story can relate to us this morning together, how Jesus can change your story. Um, 
looking at Luke, the, the version we just looked at, this, this appears straight after he's called his first disciples. So this is, this is quite early on in Jesus' ministry. In Mark, it happens in the, in the very first chapter of Mark. So it's a very early miracle in, in Jesus' ministry. And the first thing that I think we need to look at because a modern understanding is, is we need to understand what leprosy is. We hear it in, the, in Scripture and, and maybe we've seen it in some movies. I think Mark this morning mentioned Jesus Christ Superstar with some leprosy. But we, we have a bit of a, uh, maybe not a full understanding of what leprosy is. Now, I've got a couple of pictures, and I've carefully chosen what the pictures are this morning, because we do have children in the room. But leprosy, this is a painting, by the way. Um, Leprosy is a disease that affects mainly your skin uh, and also your nervous system, uh, and particularly your your peripheral nerves, so like your your fingers and your toes and... uh, it's noticeably, uh, it's noticeable, especially on the skin, because it, it, it kind of, um, you get skin sores, but also this scaly and bubbly-looking kind of, kind of skin. Now, you may have heard leprosy jokes before, where it's kind of like limbs just fall off. Has anyone kind of heard that before? Anyway, it's not quite what happens, right? What, what actually happens is the nerves get so damaged that you can't feel the ends of your fingers or, or other bits of your body anymore. And so you end up damaging them over and over again. And what ends up happening is, yeah, they either need to be cut off or, um, or yeah, they just get so badly damaged that, that bits kind of fall off. It often quite, you know, often causes infection and things in the skin. So... So we see people without, you know, fingers and and things like that. Now, leprosy isn't, despite what you might think, leprosy isn't actually super contagious. Um, But it really does seem to affect people living in close proximity in poorer areas uh, where there, there may not be quite great sanitation, right? And, um... The only way to be safe from con- contracting it was to be away from people with it. So what would happen across history is that there were leprosy camps, which was just a way of quarantining, which we're starting to get a bit familiar with, quarantining away from the rest of society, right? Make sense? You with me so far? Now, in our minds, in probably a Western idea, leprosy feels like it's an ancient disease. But they're really, uh, it really has existed in, in some third world conditions with a real working cure or a solution really only being formed in 1980. So, so not really that long ago. Uh, there may be people who have visited places like India where leprosy had still kind of existed and probably still does in some form or another. Um, so in this story, that wasn't too graphic for anyone, was it? We're all okay? Yeah, good. Give me a nod. Just say, I'm okay this morning, Nath. It's all good. It's all good. I understand. Good. Uh, so in this story, this leper that we hear of 
was an outcast. This leper actually wouldn't have existed or, or lived with, with the other members of society. They, they would have been in a camp, separate from the rest of everybody, where they could quarantine. He was declared unclean. No one was allowed to touch him, and he wasn't allowed to touch anyone else. Anytime he was near someone, and we have seen maybe in some movies, that they would have to declare that they were unclean. They would have to let other people know around them, don't come near me, I am unclean. There's a big deal in not being able to touch someone or not being touched yourself, right? We know there's heaps of research about human touch, especially in babies. The negative impact of not having, like, touch from their parents really early on. One of the first things they do uh, uh, now is when you have a baby is it, they want skin-on-skin contact with mum. Because there is something important to us as humans about touch, isn't there? As humans, we, we communicate so much through touch. I think of this morning as we greeted people, there's, there's handshakes, maybe a sneaky hug, uh, maybe a pat on the back. Uh, we communicate a lot through touch. High fives, pats on the back, hugs. If you play sport, a bit of a tap on the bum, you know. It's my favourite bit of basketball. No, it's not. Um, this, this guy in the story, this, and I, I hate calling him the leper. Isn't that like a nasty tag? But, but the leper in the story had had no human touch for years and years. Can you imagine the rejection, the loneliness you would feel to not have human contact? Now, you know, we, we can only kind of assume some things in the story. Uh, and what would usually happen is this man probably still had family. Uh, and what we know that because he was still alive. If the man didn't have family, there's a very good chance that he probably would have starved to death at some point, that he wouldn't have been looked after. And so what would happen typically is that the family would, would bring food out. They'd leave the food and then they'd have to go to a distance and the man could come and get his food or other things that the family is probably looking out for. As good as that was, can you imagine as well being so close, but still not being able to embrace your family, your loved ones. So we go back to the story, knowing that situation. Very quick story in Scripture. But the leper gets close enough to Jesus. He kneels near Jesus. Keeping enough distance because he knows that he can't touch him and he knows that Jesus won't touch him. And we see in the story Jesus does the dangerous thing. He 
He does something that's, you know, a bit unheard of. Jesus does something that puts his own health at risk, his own cleanliness at risk. And Jesus reaches out, and Scripture tells us that he touches the man. It's not just a pray for the man. It's not just an acknowledgement. It's an actual touch. A man who hasn't been touched for years and years. A man who was deemed dirty and unclean feels Jesus' hand on him. It's a big deal. It would have shocked everybody around who saw it, right? I think the leper himself probably was pretty surprised that that Jesus had actually reached out and touched him. But Jesus makes this man feel human again, right? Actually gives the man more than just a touch, it's actually dignity again. This morning, we are in the room may not be lepers, I hope. But there are some of us here who have felt like outcasts before, right? Whether it's because of something we'd done or whether we were different somehow. Maybe you just feel like, some of us feel like we don't deserve to kind of be part of something. Can I just tell you some really simple good news this morning? The good news that I believe Jesus wants you to know is it doesn't matter what you think of yourself. It doesn't matter what others think of you. Whether you feel unclean, unworthy, Jesus wants you to know how much he loves you. That he is willing to risk touching you to rescue you. Romans 5.8 says this, and I love this verse. It talks about how Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. You would have heard that before. Um, the reason I love that is because when we approach Jesus, he doesn't want us to come with all of our stuff sorted out already. He doesn't expect us to have kind of done all the things right and our problems sorted out. He doesn't want you to come to him already clean. He doesn't want you to come to him when you've stopped messing up or you've stopped making that mistake. He actually wants you to come to him as you are. And that might mean that we come to him dirty. That might mean that we do come to him unclean with all our mistakes, just as we are. And when we do that, instead of him telling us off or distancing himself or or shouting unclean at us, what does Jesus do? He reaches out and he touches us. Makes us feel like we're worth something again. It's good news, right? Um, I want you to think about this this morning. I've got a few more things that I want us to think about, but uh, 
In the story in Mark, which, which we didn't read but worth reading uh, in, in the first chapter of Mark, it talks about when the man came to Jesus, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. The New Living Translation says moved with compassion. Why did Jesus help this man? Uh, it wasn't a sense of duty, was it? It was that he was moved with compassion. He felt for him. Jesus' heart broke for the man. That's why he reached out. This, this might only be for one person this morning, but it's worth it if it's just for one. I want you to know that Jesus cares about your situation. We talked about it last week. I believe that God cares about the little things. But I believe that Jesus cares about your situation. For some, that's not a big deal. Maybe store it in your memory bank for a time when you need it. But for some of you, you need to hear that this morning. Jesus cares. In fact... If we go by scripture, it says that Jesus is moved by compassion by your story. We're cool. We've stored that one, taken that on board. Sometimes we talk about it a lot. We can hear it, but we have to tell ourselves it a few times before it translates to our heart. So maybe hold on to that. Uh, And the third thing kind of this morning is Jesus doesn't want to just change one part of your story. I believe that he wants to change the whole thing. It's not just one aspect he wants to change, but it's the whole thing. Here in the story, um, Jesus heals the man just by a touch. Leprosy gone straight away. But Jesus instructs the man to do something that has an impact then on his community has an impact on how he is then integrated back into society. He said, go to the priest. Now, again, this probably doesn't mean much to us when we hear Jesus say, go to the priest. But Jesus was giving the leper the next step, the next step in his healing, the next step in getting back into community, into belonging. To be made clean in the eyes of the community You had to be passed uh, by a priest at the temple. A priest had to kind of actually check you over, a bit of an examination, and then be able to say, yes, you are clear of leprosy. If the man had just walked back into the village, who knows he would have been treated the same. Even if the the sores had cleared up, it was still, he was unclean. And Jesus gives him what is the next step in his healing. You were still labeled as unclean. It didn't matter what you claimed until a priest had given you that. Lasting change, whole healing, holistic healing is actually what Jesus was leading him to. And and this morning again, Jesus isn't interested in just healing that one part. Of your life. He wants whole transformation. We talk about um, this idea of 
rescued from hell for eternity. Only Jesus can do that. Salvation through Jesus. But we believe as a faith community that the people, that Jesus wants us to see people rescued from whatever hell they face right now too, right? That it's not just for eternity, although eternity is a very big space. That's the good one. But we want to be rescued from what the other hells that we face right now too. There was something else that this leper needed. And it wasn't that Jesus couldn't do it. I actually think that there's just some other times where God allows us to be involved in the story of transformation of others. Uh, Sarah prayed this morning, just in prayer. We, 9.30, if you ever get here at 9.30, we just, we just pray. So you might want to rock up at 9.30 and have a pray with us. But I love it that Jesus' plan always involves us. Isn't that great? What a, what a risky plan, by the way. I, we could do a series on, like, how risky God's strategy is. Like, sometimes it's, it's bonkers bad. Like, but he chooses to involve us. We have a part to play. Maybe, maybe you're needing Jesus to reach out and connect and touch you this morning. Maybe you need to to feel connected again. Maybe you need that idea of like to feel loved again. Maybe you need to know that Jesus is moved by compassion by your story. Or maybe this morning you've met Jesus. He's healed you. But you need some extra help this morning. You need that full transformation. Can I just tell you, you're in the right place this morning. Yeah, you're in the right place. Uh, leading on to this, this idea of God uses us in his plan. Well, maybe there's, you know, there's a few of us who can testify to God's transformation power in our lives, right? Um, maybe it's time for us to help others experience that same transformation. We talk about loving the city of Adelaide, yeah? We, yeah. We, we love, we love the, the northern suburbs and we're probably northeast-ish now. We're not allowed to say northeast because there's already a northeast salvos, but northern-ish salvos. Uh, we want to see transformation, not just here on a Sunday morning, but we want to see transformation in our city, don't we? We want to we let people know that they are valued, and loved, so we should value and love others, which means that we need to love the outcast, the leper. If we are followers of Jesus, can I tell you, our job isn't to ostracize people to protect our religion. Or protect ourselves from getting infected by the world. But it's to follow the example of Jesus and love the outcast. To love the orphan, the poor, the widow, the refugee. Jesus says to love our enemies. 
I am... I've struggled in the last year and a half with a bit of a mindset that I've seen in, in church a bit, uh, particularly Western church ideas, and I'm not bashing on the Western church at all. But can I tell you, we don't need to be kept safe from the world and its problems. I've written down here, and it's so lame, but I love it. The world's problems need to be kept safe, safe from us and the love of Jesus. It's Jesus at no point was in trouble of contracting leprosy because he has a power that is stronger than what is labeled as unclean. We see the opposite happen and we see it over and over again with Jesus. The things that should kind of transmit to Jesus don't and instead his love, his cleanliness, his righteousness ends up we being infected with that, right? Can I tell you it's the same for the church? We don't need to fear the world. We have something, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What God has established, we don't need to live in fear as the church. That's my rant. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Can I tell you that there are plenty of people in our world, in our community, that have been labelled? Plenty. Labelled as unclean. That through different circumstances have been ostracised or outcast. People that we know we shouldn't touch or help. Yet Jesus reached out and touched and helped those people. I love in the story, and this is a, a super, super important little part of the story, is that, do you know that Jesus didn't ask this man to change his behavior before he reached out and touched him? He didn't ask him to change anything. The man knelt before Jesus, cried out to Jesus, can you heal me? And Jesus just did it, moved with compassion. I love that part of the story. I think so often we just, we mess that bit up, don't we? I know that I still struggle with that. I think, you know, before, before worship, oh man, or especially if, I, if I'm leading, I still have this mindset of, oh, I, need to, I need to get really clean before I come before Jesus. Now there's, there's, uh, there's something in that that is good. But can I tell you, that's, that's not how Jesus works. That he doesn't expect us to get things right before we approach him and ask him to help us. He's just waiting for us to ask him to help us. Yeah? Am I making sense? Good. Um, so the barrier for us helping those, I think, comes down to fear mostly, right? When I think about it and, and uh, helping those that we would consider outcast, fear seems to be, at least for me, one of the motivators as to why I don't sometimes. The book of Timothy reminds us that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So when we experience that kind of fear, it's, it's not a godly fear. And so this morning, 
If we're wanting to be Jesus followers, especially here in the Salvation Army, which was founded for the likes of the outcast, the poor, the orphan, the widow, the refugee, the prisoner, the prostitute, the foreigner, the sinner, we need a way to get rid of fear. And uh, surprise, surprise, I have some good news again this morning. When we realize who God is, the creator of the universe, and realize who we are, sons and daughters of the Most High God, I believe that fear can vanish. My testimony, and I've probably said it a million times, is when I really came to know Jesus personally, is that fear left me. I was a pretty scared kid and early teenager, fearful of lots of different things. Fear ruled my world. But when I met Jesus, when I experienced the Holy Spirit infilling me, fear left. So maybe this morning, if fear's the thing that stops you from reaching out, Let's just pray that God takes away the fear, right? I believe that's one of those prayers. You know, like we pray sometimes and we're like, if it's God's will, you know, it'll be done. When we pray to God, can you take away fear? Can I tell you he's good for that prayer? That's not a maybe if it's your will, God. That is God's will, that you wouldn't live with fear. So can we just pray that right now? And then we're going to move into something else. But let's just pray that fear... Go. Jesus, we thank you um, for your word. We thank you for your scripture. We thank you for how much depth and truth it has for us. We thank you that it's living, that it's alive. This morning, as we look to your example, Jesus, as to live our life, we, we love that you reached out and touched what most would consider to be dangerous. And I just pray for every person in this room that fear would leave. That we would be moved by compassion for those around us, for those who have been outcasted, for those who have been labeled as unclean, that that fear would leave. God, I thank you that when fear leaves, you so often replace that with love. And so we just ask for that right now, that you break our heart for what breaks yours. We sang it earlier. God, um, you consider every person, your son or daughter. God, give us that same heart for people. No more fear in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning as a response. I know there were like a few different points this morning. Maybe something's resonating with you particularly. Maybe it is the experience of feeling outcasted, lonely, outside of kind of the group. I believe that that Jesus wants to reach out 
and touch you. I know we use that word like, you know, get a touch from Jesus is a bit of a cliche, old school kind of term. But, but I want to pray that for you this morning. A touch that again reminds you that you are loved. A touch that brings healing and restoration. A touch that lets you know how loved and valuable you are. If you're needing that this morning, then can I pray that that happens this morning? Maybe it is this next step of how do I make sure I am the person who reaches out and make sure the outcast, the unloved, is loved, that they know worth. We're going to do it in a bit of a, a different way this morning, like I said, and we, we're going to do it while remembering Christ's sacrifice for us. We're going to share together in, uh, in the Lord's Supper, in communion together. In communion, can I just tell you that we, we come as we are, unclean, but instead of our uncleanliness infecting Jesus, he instead makes us clean. We remember his body broken and his blood spilled for us, that has saved us and redeemed us. And we remember his resurrection, which put to death, death. Dan's just going to play for us. And I'm just going to um, just read words of Jesus from Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray this morning that God reaches out and does what he needs to do. This is really in your own time this morning. We'll just take a few moments. Um, Dad's going to hand you the wafer. He's got a serve you so we're COVID safe but you can grab the cup yourself out of the, the um, holder but invite you to go anywhere you want you might want to just sit back down in your seat we're just going to take some time this is your time right now let's let's pray God thank you come and do what you need to do this morning I love that you're moved by compassion by our story and you know what we need. And so we ask for that this morning. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that makes us clean. Thank you, Jesus.